Welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Hello friends, thank you for coming with me on my walk today and thank you especially for downloading and listening to this podcast. I hope that uh, you're having a good year so far. And you know, this is called the Constructionist Podcast because our goal always is to be building you up, to give you a greater understanding of God and of how you can live a life that is reflective of Him to the world around you. So that's sort of the gist of what we're after. Uh, it's 2022, so it's sort of into a new year now. And if you re- listen to our last podcast, it was called The God Who Sees 2020. And on that one, we talked about Rahab and how God can see. Now, we want to talk again about God because it's really, really vital to have a good understanding of who God is and what kind of God we serve And what kind of God the Bible actually promotes. It's so easy to get sidetracked and to kind of create your own God. The very last verse of 1 John says, Little children, keep yourself from idols. Which nowadays, you know, we don't bow down to images made of wood or stone or something like that. But we do have these kind of ideological idols that we can create in our head and we can have the wrong idea about God and about how we should relate to him and how we should understand the world around us because uh, of what we see and the kind of things that we think through. And more and more and more, it's becoming apparent that we need to be very clear in our thinking and our understanding of the world around us. I think there are a lot of people out there, I don't care if they're Christians or not Christians, that just do not think through the position that they are holding on something or another. So just recently, uh, there was a post I saw on Facebook, and it was a quote from George MacDonald. And George MacDonald was a writer in England you know, 100 plus years ago now. Um, But he made this statement in the quote that he said, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's true. And it didn't take me 15 minutes to read Psalm 119. Well, it takes about 15 or 20 minutes to read Psalm 119. It's 176 verses. And to find five references to truth in Psalm 119 and to find three references that say all of your word is true. And of course, Jesus himself says to God in John 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So for George MacDonald to make a statement like that and then to turn around in, in, in hardly 20 minutes, find three or four very clear statements that the word of God is truth is amazing to me that he would even dare to make that statement because he's just patently wrong about it. So when we look at 
what other people write and when we look at our favorite authors or what the most current number one book is on the shelf, all of these things, even my podcast right now, all of these things need to be filtered through the scriptures. And we need to recognize that ultimately there is a big W word. So the, the book, the big book, the top book is the word of God. And it is the Bible. And so we have this understanding that God, according to the scriptures, God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and then in the and with all your strength. So we have this statement of intent that we recognize that there is a unity, there is a oneness, there is a, 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 a fullness of God. And his name is Yahweh, which means he exists, the existing one, the one who is always there. And this one speaks to us. He's there, but he's not silent, to use the phrase from Francis Schaeffer's title of his book. He's there, but he's not silent. And so his voice comes out in a very specific way in the scriptures. And so we have a capital G God who is one. So there's a unity of everything going to him. And so you can look at something like righteousness or something like uh, love or something like verbal communication, people talking, people writing things down, stuff like that. All of these things ultimately find their reference and their uh, defining point in the, the ultimate oneness of God. So as humans, we're made in the image of God. So us as persons find our reference in Yahweh, the God who is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So our reference point is to him. If we choose not to have him as our reference point, then we've got a problem. Because now we don't have a reference point. Our reference point is ourself or some lesser thing. So see what I mean about having to be very cautious and careful about how we think through what it is we believe and how we interact with the world around us and things like that. Now, God has a very long vision. He sees very, very far down the road. So if we look at a chapter like Genesis 22, and there's a name for God in Genesis 22. It says, the Lord will provide. That's the name of God that Abraham gives him because he was sent to that mountaintop to sacrifice his son Isaac, which is a terrible thought. But the reality is, is that God never intended him to actually sacrifice his son Isaac. He only ever intended him to to go there and basically almost do the deed. <laughs> you know, that's what it that's basically what it implies in the scriptures that Abraham was willing, but the intent of God was never to actually have Isaac sacrificed and because he provided the ram. And it's because God sees so far down the road, this chapter is full of imagery that speaks to us about who Jesus is. It's a very Christological chapter, if I can use that phrase. Because you have a father who loves his son, Abraham, who loves his son, Isaac, 
And it's the first place in the Bible that the word love is mentioned, and it's all wrapped up in this concept of sacrificing, sacrificing that son to the Lord. So giving him over to God. In a in, in Abraham initially was thinking in a literal sense, but it turned out to be more in a figurative sense. So they go for three days, which is always a sort of picture of a, re- a resurrection or a, or a new beginning of some kind. They go for three days, and then they end up on top of this mountain, which we find out later is the actual location of the temple that was built by Solomon, is on the same mountaintop. And then, of course, that's the place where Jesus did a lot of his teaching and that kind of thing in Jerusalem and where Jesus was crucified. And so Abraham nearly sacrifices Isaac, but the angel of the Lord stops him and then provides this lamb for him. And God says, in the mount of the, or Abraham says, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And so it's translated provided twice. That word is translated from Hebrew twice provided in that chapter. But it doesn't actually mean that. It only means that in a vague sort of sense of provision. Now, provision we think in english has a primary meaning of to get what we to have what we need given to us or to uh, to, to store up the things that we need for 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 the next month or the next week or whatever you go to the grocery store and you get provisions so you fill your fridge and your cupboard full of food then you're good to go for a week you don't need to go back to the grocery store but the actual word provision is about forward looking and that's what the word means in hebrew so Jehovah Jireh, or Ireh, the root there is to be looking and perceiving and to be intent toward, or to be, um, yeah, all those things. So it's very close to the idea from Hagar that we looked at in our last podcast, the Lord, God who sees. So she said, you're the God who sees. And that had to do with more of uh, her situation and her circumstances and her relationships with Abraham and Sarah and this child that she was going to give birth to, that kind of thing. But when you jump ahead then to Genesis 22, God is now seeing forward. And so he sees thousands of years forward to himself as a father giving his son as a sacrifice who will raise from the dead. And then be able to uh, be that salvation for the human race. And so there's a lot wrapped up in this of who God is. Now, did God provide a, a ram? Yes. Does God provide for us on a regular basis because we are his children and he loves to give us what we need? Yes. God does all these things. But we shouldn't really focus on the ram as the single thing God provided at that time. We need to look further down the road and say, wow, God can see so far down that he's able to make provision for me and the salvation of all people who come to him across the whole world. And he's given us the scriptures in order to understand these things so that we can have the best understanding of who he is and how we should live our life today. So, is the word of God truth? Yes. Is the word of God something we can put our trust in and our faith in? Yes. Over and over again in Hebrews 11, it talks about by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. You know, read that chapter. It's stunning. 
chapter of by faith Adam, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith, and it goes through these various people who were persuaded, that's what the idea of faith is, it's being persuaded toward, but they were persuaded that God was able to be true to the things that he promised. So we have a Bible in our hand, we should read it as it has written itself, and let it speak for itself and put our faith and trust in it. It's this strange thing where like we have a responsibility. Abraham had to take Isaac up the hill. Abraham had to have the knife in his belt. Abraham had to have the wood ready to go. Abraham had to take Isaac along. Isaac was bound there on the top of that mountain. Never says a word in protest or anything like that. Just like it says of Jesus that in Isaiah, he was a lamb silent, led to the slaughter. And so Jesus himself never defended himself. He never argued or fussed over what was happening to him. He simply walked through it knowing that his father was able to see ahead and know that there are huge benefits down the road to the obedience that I'm acting out now, no matter how painful that obedience is. So that's really the essence of this idea of the Lord provides Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yireh, something like that. So when we look at this chapter, don't just focus on, oh, God gave a ram. That means God will help me with my rent money next month. God will help you with your rent money next month or he will help you with whatever. But bear in mind that there's a much longer view that God has. If you're walking with the Lord right now and you're putting your trust in him, then know that as a result, you can walk by faith that he will go above and beyond what you're able to do. It's like priming the pump, you know? Like in the old days, they would have these pumps out on the old farms and things, and you would have to pour water into it and start cranking it in order to... Uh, uh, get the suction right to get all the more water out. It's that kind of thing. And so when we walk with God, we are so small and so little and so helpless on our own. And it says in the New Testament that without, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And that's a pretty big statement. Without me, you can do nothing. And so Jesus is stating there that we need to be forever seeking him and asking him for this strength and this ability to do what he's calling us to do, even if it doesn't make any sense. Did it make sense for Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac? So think about that for a minute. Isaac was the promised son. And God miraculously allowed Sarah to have this child, even though she was old. And he had, she, they had this child. And God said, through your descendants, you are going to have, uh, able, you're going to bless the whole world, all the nations of the earth. And we're seeing that come to a reality today with the translations of the Bible being almost complete. You know, within the next 10 years or so, every pretty much every language group on earth will have a copy of the scriptures, which is fantastic. And so the Abraham was given this promise, but then he was told to sacrifice the promised son. And the promised son was not married, had no children. And so Abraham had this problem now. He's like, well, what do I do? God promised that he would <clears throat> give me 
descendants as multiple as the stars, and I've got one son. That seems very small. That seems very insignificant. That seems very little. But God has to keep his promise because he cannot lie. That's one of the things that does say in Scripture that God cannot do. God cannot lie. He cannot contradict himself. But if we look at it and think it's a contradiction, where's the problem? Is the problem with us or is the problem with God? Abraham could have looked at that and said, well, God, that's a contradiction. You said that you would bless the whole world through my descendants. I've got one son here. Now you want me to kill him. That is, or sacrifice him. That is a contradiction. So I think either, I think I shouldn't do that because that doesn't make any sense to me. But Abraham didn't think like that. He put his thinking toward who God is. God is the creator of all things. He sustains the universe. He fills every human with the breath of life. We are made in his image. Our goal should be to think like God thinks. That's what we're after when we read the Bible and ingest it into our heart and our soul and our mind is to be able to think the way God thinks. And so for Abraham to reason through this, he would have to come to the conclusion, God has promised this thing, this covenant through my descendants. I've got one son through my wife, Sarah, that the promise has to go through. And if I sacrifice him, then that means God has to sort out the results of that. Because I, God fulfilled his promise in giving me the son. If I fulfill the obedience of sacrificing him to him, then God has to handle the rest. And so that's what he did. And in the process, the angel of the Lord comes, rescues Isaac, so to speak, figuratively sort of raises him from the dead because in Abraham's mind, I've sacrificed this kid. He's dead. So this is what Hebrew says. So he raises him from the dead figuratively, so to speak, but then reiterates the whole promise all over again. And so it all works out in the end. Now, this is what the book of James calls a kind of perfect faith. When you can be given a promise on one hand and then come along and find out, wait a minute, why does it look like everything's falling apart? But it's not falling apart because God knows what he's doing. And so when we keep walking that way and keeping our eyes on the Lord, the whole time it all works out in the end. And we may not even live to see it. Abraham didn't apparently live. He may have lived long enough to see Isaac have uh, the twins, Jacob and Esau. But that was about it. He didn't go any further than that. And so this multitude of stars was something that Abraham never saw. It was not in his lifetime. And yet we see it today looking back because we have hindsight. Isn't that marvelous? We got hindsight. So this is where we need to be very careful about how we want our instant results in our Western society. We're all about microwave our dinner, fast food, drive-throughs. I want an on-demand television, whatever. We're so trained to get it now we send a text message and man if that person doesn't respond within 30 seconds then what's wrong with them why aren't they by i mean i'm like that aren't you like that you know in the old days you wrote a letter stuck it on a horse and hoped you got a response in a month so nowadays we get annoyed if we don't get a response in 30 seconds how pathetic is that so it's not on us to be gratified by any sort of instant results to obedience. The, the result may come after we're gone, just like it was with Abraham and just like it was with lots and lots of other believers that it was the end of their life before anything ever really...
before their vision came to fruition, or even later. So we need to bear these things in mind. So that is our challenge for 2022, is looking at Hagar, looking at Abraham, the God who sees, Yahweh Yireh, the God who has provision. He can see so far down the road, and we are so little. Our vision is like right now in the next, like today, that's it. We, we can't guarantee tomorrow. I may make plans to go to town and go to work or whatever, but I might get smacked by a bus. I don't know. So it's, it's not up to us. It's up to God to fulfill the things that he has promised to fulfill. So that's our podcast lesson for this week. Let me point out that I am about to release in the next month or so, um, I'm about to release an online course for interpreting the Bible. So this will be, uh, it, I think it's over 20 lessons. They're all about eight to, I think the longest one is 15 minutes. Um, me going through lessons on interpreting the Bible and uh, lots of different aspects to that, looking at genre, looking at authorial intent, looking at tools and different books for biblical studies, looking at um, uh, Jewish interpretation of the scriptures, how to reason through the things that we discover in the scriptures, stuff like that. So I think you will find it immensely beneficial, and I will do a proper announcement about it when it's actually released. I'm close to getting it out, but not quite there yet. So this is a sort of heads up that something is coming. So it'll be available for purchase down the road. So I pray that this year ahead you will get more involved in the scriptures than you ever have before, that you would set yourself goals and challenges to read through the Bible twice a year, day, uh, preferably daily, uh, would be ideal, and to really think through and meditate and prayerfully walk through the scriptures uh, for God's glory. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.